So the Gemara Daflamit Chesam et al. of two lines in. So the Gemara is is trying to understand the Mishnah. The Mishnah said that if a Jewish shar, meaning a shar that's owned by a Jew, is nagach, a shar that's owned by a guy, you don't have to pay. But if a shar of a guy attacks a shar of a Jew, they have to pay Nezek Shalom. They have to pay Bain Tam Bain Mu Nezek Shalom. So obviously it's a, it's a, it's a glaring problem, which is Maman of Shach. Right? The Pasuk says Re'eyu by this sugya. And as we said yesterday, forget about Rav Asya, but just the Pasha Shat. It says Re'eyu. So if you say Re'eyu excludes Goyim, that they're not included in the Pasha, then they should be Potter, they should be Potter both directions, Potter. It should be Potter if we attack them and they attack us, because they're Nebuchadnezzar Pasha. If Re'eyu is Lavdafka, meaning that Goyim are included in the Pasha, then it should be Chayv in both directions. How come if our animal attacks theirs, we don't have to pay, but if their animal attacks us, they have to pay Nezek Shalom? Manashach, it doesn't make sense. So the Gemara says, Amri Manashach, I don't understand. In Manashach, it, it, it's, it's not logical. Why? Ere'eyu Dafka, if the Pasuk Re'eyu means to exclude Goyim, then the Kanani Kinagati Shalnami lifted, then Kanani it should be Potter both directions. Ere'eyu Lav Dafka, and if the word Re'eyu is Lav Dafka and Goyim are included in the Parsha, I feel the Yisrael Kinagati Kanani Chayim, there should be Chayim in both directions. So the answer is Amravo Amakro. The Pasuk says, it's a very strange Pasuk, that in, in, in Avodazar, this Gemara is Darshan differently, the Gemara is going to analyze this. Omadvi Maidid Aretz, Hashem watches the land. He saw and he released the Goyim. So what did he see? Hashem sees, Hashem sort of makes a cheshman of the world. He analyzes the Goyim and he says, Mutter. What does that mean? Meaning Hashem is analyzing the world. And he's saying, the Sheva Mitzvah are you keeping them? They're not keeping them. So you know what? Mutter, meaning your money is gone. Meaning, in other words, really Goyim are not included. So how come if a Goyisha ox attacks our ox, they have to pay Nezek Shalom? It's a knas. Because the Goyim did not keep Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noyach, their money is gone. They have to pay full price. Even though they're not included in the parasha, it's a knas from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that they have to pay full price. Ro'ov Ayater Goyim. The truth is, it does apply. It does the concept of, of, of their money being mutter. There are other ramifications where we are more strict with them financially than us. But the point is, this is, I guess, the, it's interesting how it affects Hezek. I guess by Hezek, the Shvaruch says it's one thing you don't keep Shav Mitzvah speaking. You're also Mazik Jewish animals. No chance. The point is, this is a Knas. It's a Knas from the Shvaruch Rata Now, the Gemara says, the Gemara continues, Rav Yechon Rav Yechon says, I have a different Pasuk, same premise, that HaKadosh Baruch is a knas, that their money became sort of hefker for us. That's the first one. The second one is, Mahar Paran. Hashem revealed from Har Paran. Paran From Paran, He revealed their money for us. Meaning, it's sort of like Hashem like revealed their money for us to take. Now, we can't just take it, but this is an example where they're going to be giving us money, even though maybe they shouldn't, uh, they probably don't have to. Miparon hayfia ma'amim she Yisrael. Now, by the way, it's interesting. Uh, so I saw the Masha. I said the davening. I checked the Masha. The Masha is an interesting point. This pasuk hayfia ma'harparon ma'har seir. The Gemara of Avodah says, "What's Hashem doing by harparon?" This is a reference to Matan Torah. What's Hashem doing by Matan Torah by harparon? So this is the famous medrash that Hashem went to all the nations and said, "What do you do? You want the Torah?" They said, "What's in it?" So he, why Paran? Because Paran, the Medrash says, is when Hashem went to Yishmael and said, do you want the Torah? And they said, what's in it? And he said, Lois Sigzal. He said, no, 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 we're not interested. So Hashem said, you're not interested in Lois Sigzal? 
your, your money's gone. So it's Davka Harparon. That, that, uh, okay, fine. So you have these two psukim. Okay. Tanya Miyachi. Abraisa similarly quotes two psukim. Why? This Brysa Mamish brings both Pesukim. So the question is, why would the Brysa bring both Pesukim? One should be enough. What's the issue with the first Pesuk? That Hashem watched the world, and he, he made their money mutter for us. What's the problem with that Pesuk? So the issue with the first Pasuk is, in the Gemara Vidizara, it darshins the Pasuk for other drushes. So in, if you darshan the Pasuk for other drushes, then you have this Pasuk as a backup. Now, how do they darshan in Avidizara this Pasuk that, again, Hashem was moidid aretz, that Hashem was mater the goyim. So we're saying it means that their money became mutter, that Hashem punished them financially. But now we're saying that there's other drushes in Mesechus Avodizar, it's darshan differently. What's the drushes from the other Mesechus? There's two drushes, Rav Masna and Rav Yosef. So let's go through the first one. Rav Masna, Rav Masna, Rav what did Hashem see? Again, Hashem saw that the Goyim were not keeping the Sheva Mitzvah, so what did he do? Vayater doesn't mean the money became mutter. Vayater is a lotion of Golis, that Hashem had that the Goyim scatter, that those nations that were not makbin, the Sheva Mitzvah will not last, and their, 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 their nations crumble. So that's what it means. So if you use that drasha, you'll obviously need another pasuk to say the goyim, the money part. How do you know the word vayater means a lotion of galus? Because it says It says over here vayater goyim and it says regarding eating shrotzim linater bahin al haaretz. So the 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 the, the shrotzim, they have legs that they they jump. And it says, Linater Bahen al It's describing grasshoppers, these type of grass. It says they have jumping legs. Linater Bahem. Linater. So what does Linater mean? Metargam and the, the Targum Unculus is Likovza Bahen al to jump away. So you see, Vayater means a golus. It's leaving. It's so. So that's, uh, that's, that was the punishment for not keeping Shavu Mitzvah. That's the first drasha. The second drasha is Mamish from a of the Zara. This is all I think Taf Gimel. Taf Gimel. Gimel. Yeah. The Gemara says, Rav Yosef. Maider of Yosef. Rav Yosef has a different drasha for this pasuk. Damer Rav Yosef, Amiv Maidaritz Rav Yater. My Rav, what Hashem see? Rav Hashem mitzvah shegivul menayach. Like Kimu, Hashem saw that the guy were not keeping the Hashem mitzvah menayach. Omad v'hitir lehen. So he says you don't have to. Hitir, you're released. Now that's a strange thing. You have a kid that doesn't keep the talent to clean his room. Clean his room. He doesn't clean it. So at some point you say. You don't have to clean the room. <laughs> that's that's not a good parent, right? That's not uh, so. Hashem sees they're not keeping shav mitzvahs. So mutalach, okay, you don't have to keep the shav mitzvahs. So, what, what do you mean? So you don't keep the shav mitzvahs, and then your reward is you don't have to keep the shav mitzvahs. That's a very strange thing. That's Hashem like giving in. Uh, so it's uh, guri itkar. You should reward them. So that that's. So they, they, if you don't keep the Sheva Mitzvahs, then Hashem will say at some point you don't have to keep the Sheva Mitzvahs. So then that's a reward for doing bad behavior. So no, they go. Depends how you look at it. If you tell a lot of Jews that if you just Michal Shabbos enough times, you don't have to keep Shabbos, I think you'd have a lot of people Michal Shabbos. So the point is, like, at some point, like, uh, I understand it's an opportunity to get close to the Shabbos. I understand that, but you, you, but practically, the, the guy, so the, they're not going to get punished now, by the way, right? If they don't have to keep the Shabbos now, they're no longer going to get punished. So if they if the Michal the Shabbos enough, that at some point they don't have to keep the Shabbos. Does that make any sense? So the Gemara says, 
Putter means you're released. You're not getting reward. You still have to keep it, but you no longer get reward. Oh, so stop right here. That means that if Goyim have to keep the Shev Mitzvahs, and they don't get reward for keeping the Shev Mitzvahs. The problem is that's not true. Veloi, they don't get reward. How do I know that if a Goy learns Torah, by the way, Taisus points out in Avedizar, it has to be about the Sheva Mitzvahs, because that's the Torah they're allowed to learn. non Sheva Mitzvahs, they're not allowed to learn. According to Hafla, they're allowed to learn Torah Shavik The point is, if they learn Torah that they're allowed to learn, then they're Kekayin Gadol, they're Mamish like a Kekayin Gadol. Talmud Loimar, Ashiyasa Oisadam V'chai Bohem. The Pasuk says that if you keep Torah, you'll live. It doesn't say Jews. Anyone who's Oisak and Torah is Chiyas. Kanam Vimim Vishram Lainemar. It doesn't say a Kayin Levi Yisrael. So honestly, you're telling me that they, they have to keep the Shev Mitzvah but they don't get a reward. But if they learn about the Shev Mitzvah, they're like a Kayin Gadol. Savvies do get a reward. So well, what's going on over here? The answer is, they get reward, but they don't get reward. How so? Amri They get reward, but as if they're not obligated to do so. We know there's a greater reward for a mitzvah If you're obligated to do a mitzvah and then you do it, you get a greater reward than for uh, like a woman who's not obligated to do a mitzvah and does it. So goyim, they have to keep the shavu mitzvahs, and when they keep the shavu mitzvahs, they get rewarded like someone who's not obligated to keep the shavu mitzvahs, which is a lower level of schar. So there is a reward, like a kain gadol, but not as much as they could have had. The Gemara says, oh. Let's keep going. So pleasant. Huh? So Adam, Atam Kareem, Adam. It's interesting. It's a good point. I don't know. Maybe this is why it's his sheet, and maybe the other ten disagree. I don't know. I don't know if the sheet is line up. Um, it's Tan Rabbanon. Very interesting, Maisa, that the Romans sent two officers to learn Torah by the Jews. They want to know what Torah is all about. So they just said, teach us everything. So they learned Torah three times. Three times, for years. And this is what they said. This is their report back after learning all of the Torah. They said, as the officers were leaving the base measures, this is what they said. We, we learn your entire terror. And it's all truth. But there's one thing we don't understand, and that is, you saying that if our ox attacks your ox, we have to pay, but if your ox attacks ours, we don't. Right? If Reyeu includes Goyim, then I feel like I'm going to have a lifter. If, if, I'm sorry, if Re'eu excludes Goyim, there should be Potter in both directions. Now, maybe the, maybe the Rabbanim didn't want to get into this, you didn't keep the Shev HaMitzvah, so Hashem made your money good for us, because it's probably not, you know, blood libel-wise, it's probably not a good PR move. Right? You just say that genocide is off-limits, right? You, you just, just from a PR perspective, you know how to answer the questions. So, but the office says, don't worry, we won't tell them. Meaning, we won't tell the Romans. We'll leave this part out of the report. Because they, they, they didn't want to, to give antagonism. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, by the way, just a Maisa, the, the Yutes Kislev, is about the Baltanya, was, uh, was arrested. And uh, he came out on Yutes Kislev. 
and he was mamish. He was supposed to be killed. He was supposed to be he was supposed to be killed for teaching Torah. as anti uh, anti Russian uh, propaganda because he was teaching Hasidus and teaching Torah and part of the Balshamtiv, which they thought was an anti government movement, whatever it was. So, all the questions on his court case were Torah questions. It wasn't like you know, it was all like Shilas in his teachings. So they had about fifty questions. And he's answering every single one. In Mamshin courts, they have it documented. The last question was, the Balatanya writes in Perik Beis of the Tanya, Perik Beis of the Tanya, Perik Beis, I believe. So yes, it is Tanya, I should remember. Perik Beis of the Tanya, that Goyim do not have a Nefesh Elikus, uh, they don't have a godly soul, and even the Nefesh Bahamas is made up differently, meaning Jews and Goyim have different souls. They're not made up the same way. That's the Balatanya right? So it was the last question on the list. So the lawyer said, can you please explain that? So the Balatanya looked at him, and he said, do you need me to explain this? And he said, no, it's better not. Meaning after having answered all 50 questions correctly, the, the officers is like, okay, we're just going to keep this off the report. And that was the end of that, uh, yeah. So they bring it down. Um, okay, the Gemara says the following uh, story. Again, I don't, this is no shaykhis, but... I'm not going to complain. The Gemara says, Rabbi Shmuel bar Yehuda shechivale barta. Shmuel bar Yehuda um, lost a daughter. One second. Yeah. One second. I'm sorry. I just wanted to see one point. Yeah, okay. Shmuel bar Yehuda lost a daughter, Nebuch. Amrli Rabban Ula kum nezel vinachamte. Let's go pay a shiva call. So the, the Rabbanon said to Ula, let's go pay a shiva call. Now, Ula, just, uh, for the, the, just for the record, Ula was from Eretz Yisrael. He happened to be in Bavl at the time. All this taking place in Bavl, but he's an Eretz Yisrael dick. So they say the, the Bavl Rabbanon said to Ula, let's go pay a shiva call. So he says, My islach gabi I'm not going with you guys. He did not like the Babylonian custom of Nicham Avelim. Apparently, the Nicham Avelim by the Babylonians would not say Hamakim Yenachim. They would end with the Omri Mayav Shalmabed. They would say, "What can we do?" Very, Jew, very Jewish, by the way. <laughs> what could you do? The problem, Shmuel by Yehuda's daughter. The problem was Ula didn't want to go because then Ula would be, and everyone would be saying that, and he would have to say it as well. And he didn't believe he felt that that was Aser because to say what can be done implies that if something could be done, then God, meaning. What can be done means, I don't like what's happening. It's just, what could you do? That's not Tzedek Adin. Tzedek Adin is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Emes. So he, didn't, he felt that that was a, a, an awesome line to say. So he didn't want to go with the Babylonians because then they're all going to be saying it. So he said, I'm going with myself. I'll, I'll pay him, Shiva call myself. So, because the implication is, that if you could do something about God's rules, you would change it. That's not, that's not, that's not Siddiquetan. So, he went himself. So, Amrle, he said, this is his, his consolation to, to Shmuel Bar Yehud about his daughter, about his young daughter. Now, by the way, this is going to take us into a whole conversation about the daughters of Lot. Um, Tzira and Bechira, the younger and the older. One had a Moab, and one had Amon. Right? So, so, he says like this, The Pasuk says, The Pasuk says like this, Do not oppress Moyev, do not fight with him. Meaning, Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to start a war with Moyev, and Hashem said, do not. Now, this is after the story of Midian, where Midian brought in 
Midian um, was advised by Mayav to bring women right after Bilam to bring non-Jewish women. It, it worked, and caused a plague in Klal Yisrael. So Klal Yisrael attacked Midian. So now Moshe Rabbeinu, as the Gemara is going to explain, very logically says like this: Well, Midian, we're not. It's like Iran backed. You know, it's like Hamas is. They're not the masterminds. It's behind. You know, Midian were not the masterminds. It was Moab. So Moshe Rabbeinu says to himself, if I'm supposed to destroy Midian, Kavachaymer, I should wipe out Moab. Logical Cheshbon. Hashem says, no, don't do it. So why didn't, why did Hashem say that? Moab told Midian to bring, to, to send the women, non-Jewish women and, and idolatry, and it worked. There was a plague. Moshe Rabbeinu attacks Midian and destroys them. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu, without speaking to Hashem, wants to attack Moab because Moab is the mastermind behind all this. But Hashem says, "No, don't, don't. I'll touch him, Moab. Don't, don't, don't attack Moab. Why? Because as we're going to see, there's a young woman who's going to be coming out from Moab at some point, and that's named Rus. So don't, don't, don't touch Moab." So the Gemara says, "Why would Moshe Rabbeinu just attack Moab without asking Hashem? What was the cheshbon?" The answer is, "Manasa Moshe Kavachaymer, Moshe Rabbeinu Kavachaymer." If the Midyanim Shaloi Bala Lazarus Maya, the Midyanim were not the masterminds behind it. Amrit Tayrat Suraris and Midyanim Viki, Samaisam, go to the next page. If we're supposed to command to destroy Maya, Midyan, and they weren't even the masterminds, Maya is the masterminds, Kavachaymer. Maya Matzman Lekolshik and Kavachaymer, we should destroy Maya. So why did Hashem say not to? Amrit Kadishbaruchu, no. Like Shal Zadaitcham, Al Sadati. It's a big rule of all of life. That Kadishbaruchu said, I have different plans. Meaning, I'm, I'm looking at a much bigger picture than you are. And right now, the Moyavim are terrible. But there's going to be a young woman that will come out of this nation. Uh, you're talking about 500 years later. Five, four, like 300, 400 years later. 300 years later. Someone, I'm sure, listening to this knows history better than I do. But you're talking about hundreds of years later to, to rebuild to Rus. So he says, There are two fine birds that are going to come out of these nations. Rus are going to have a special people. Rus and Nama. Nama is the, is, uh, is the mother of Rechavim, I believe. So, also from the Malchus. So there's going to be a good woman, so let it go. We're going to see Nama is, Nama is the Rechavam's, uh, was the wife of Shlomo Melech. Shlomo Melech married Nama Amonis and had Rechavam, and he was the king. So the point is, you talking about much later. <coughs> By the way, both involved in the kingdom. Mayav was just earlier because Rus, Hamoavia, was the great-grandmother of Davon Melech. Amon had the mother, was the wife of Shlema. They both got into the kingdom, the Mishbach of it, just a little bit later. So the Gemara says, so this is the end of his Nicham Avelim. First of all, the Nicham Avelim was already showing to you, I think he's already beginning to show that Hashem has bigger plans, and therefore we shouldn't, that's part of it. Unfortunately, don't point that out, but I think that's part of it, that he's saying that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to destroy Moshe and, and rightfully so, from his cheshbon, but 300 years later, there would be a very special woman who would convert coming from that nation called Rus. So, so he's telling Yehuda bar Yehuda bar Yehuda, Shmuel bar Yehuda, I understand your daughter passed away. We're dealing with a God who's got much bigger picture, and therefore at some point it will be explained. Secondly, if Hashem protected two evil nations because of two women that are going to come out of it at one point, Bita shall Rebbe, then the daughter of Rebbe, meaning your daughter, 
im kesherah had she been righteous ruhi lost his menu dover toy vlachs kam if she had anything good she would have lived meaning in other words what, the, what what he meant was what he meant was now what he meant was she had completely fulfilled her tafkir that's what he meant meaning th- th- there was she she 100% fulfilled her tafkir there's by the way an in indian it's hard to extrapolate it too further, but Ravitcher Meyer, I once saw a Torah from him years ago, that he said that, he quotes that any time someone has a child, right, that means that their job is not done, right? Avram had Yitzchak because Avram's tafkir wasn't done, Yitzchak had Yaakov, you understand v'chule. So he said, how come right around the Holocaust, there were like five or six, or even more, huge G'dayim that didn't have children? And if you think about it, you have Lubavitcher and you had Rav Yoyal, and you had the Ravarin of Bells, and you had the Chazanish, and there's a pelletic amount of G'daylem that didn't have children. So he says it because those G'daylem fulfilled the Tafkid Bishlemus. Bishlemus Mamish. He said if someone has a child on this planet, that means that they're not done, and the child has to continue. But he said they Mamish fulfilled the Legamri, and that's kind of this message that he's telling Shmuel Bar Yehuda is that your daughter fulfilled her Tafkid Legamri. Okay, now we're going to talk about these two girls. Well, because we mentioned Rus and Nama, Rus from Moab, Amon, Nama from Amon, who are the two, who are the grandchildren? Amon and Moab were the grandchildren of Lot. Okay, I guess grandchildren and sons. Oh, didn't think about that. Right, Lot lives with his two daughters. Has Amon and Moab from that. Now we're going to talk about this. Now the Gemara understands, at least the way Tais explains it. Those two daughters were Mechav and Lashem Shemayim. They were not interested. Loit Efesh is a Taina. Loit is a Taina that he shouldn't have gotten drunk. But but those two daughters did Lashem Shemayim. They legitimately thought the world had been completely destroyed, and therefore they felt that to continue the world, there's no other option. They legitimately thought the world was destroyed. So. Hashem does not hold back any reward. Everything you do, even the way you talk, Hashem will give a reward. How so? So I'll say it as I will say it inside. The two daughters had had children with their father. One was named Amon. Amon just means a nation. Moav is Me'av. That's that's a little bit of a grub alashan. So the Gemara says, Ilu Bakir the Kamra Moav, the, the first daughter, she named the son Moav, which means from the father, which like references the Avera. That's not such a nice way to speak. Uh, and what does it say about Moav? Al Tatsaris Moava Tiskum Muhammad, right? Hashem says, Don't attack Moav, right? Don't destroy them, cause of Rus. But Hashem the deduction is don't destroy Moav, but you can put taxes on them. Meaning you could Subjugate them a little bit. You could financially hurt them. But the other daughter, the younger daughter, said, Amon, which is a more fine way to speak, a more refined way, the Pasuk says, don't even levy them with taxes. Tzir, the Kamer Ben Ami, Amon, which is Ben Ami, right? That um, the, the, the Ben Ami, the daughter of my nation, which is also a reference to the fact that it's Ben Ami, that the, do- the son came from my own nation, meaning, but it was a more refined way to talk. That Hashem said to Moshe, Don't suppress them and don't incite against them. Meaning, meaning, not only don't destroy them, don't hurt them at all. So there was a payment back for the way she named her son. Now, now what's interesting is although Amon spoke more nicely than Moab, Moab was the first one. 
Moab was the first one that lived with Lot. The Gemara understands like this. You see from here that if you have an opportunity to do a mitzvah, at least from your perspective, a mitzvah, Zrizim. She was more Zara's to do the mitzvah of living with her father. She had Rus, who was the great-grandmother of David. Amon, who took a day, also got into the Malchus, but married Shlaima. It's three generations later. Four generations later. So the point is, as a schar for her zrizus of living with the father the night before, that from her perspective, she was mitzvah, zriz mitzvah, she was able to have a child that got into the Malchus four generations earlier than Amon. Yeah, I'm saying, have a I like to think none of us have any done any of this. We, we do misses all the time. It just shows you this great sky that's waiting for us. That's the difference. Okay, um, back to, it's not hard Gemara, but back to regular Gemara. Back to regular scheduled programming. Um, so we said by a guy, just to review, if a Goyesha ox attacks our oxen, he has to pay Nezek Shalom. If our ox attacks, attacks there is Potter, but their ox attacks us, it's Nezek Shalom. It's a Knas. Omar ve'itar Goyim. Or Mefaron, whatever. So the question is, that's by a guy. What about a Kuti? So now, it should be Tali in your Shaila. Now, Kutim again. The Kutim were when Sancheirev took out the Ten Nations, his whole approach to Mulchama, which is clever, is that he would go into a place take out half the men and bring in half the men from another people. And he would mix it up that way because then people, as Douglas Murray writes in his book, that once you bring in enough enough non... Um, say immigrants, when you bring enough of them into a country, you lose the identity of that country, which is an interesting thing. And the country becomes maybe a different identity, maybe more Islamic, right, if you bring in enough of them. Well, all the British are really French. Oh, exactly, exactly. Well, that, he doesn't like that. But the point is, that's an ideology. Now, what he would do this, he would do that on purpose. He would bring in different peoples to put in there. And then because you don't have any allegiance to that country, you're not going to fight for that country. And that was his approach, to stop uh, revolts. So he did the same thing for the Jewish people. When he conquered parts of uh, Samaria, part of, uh, part of Jude and Samaria, he brought in uh, these Kutim. Now, what these people, so they were being attacked by lions, and they converted. So there's a machloikis tanayim, whether their conversion was legit, meaning, was a legit conversion, even though they were motivated by fear, but they actually legitimately converted, and they're Jews. Lukuli alma, they were over and over Lukuli alma, the kutim were not, they didn't keep the, the oral Torah. So like, they're, they're definitely koifrim. The question is, was the, was the geiris legitimate or not legitimate? Are they Jews that are renegades or goyim bechlal? So, if a Jew uh, gores uh, a kuti ox, potter, I don't have to pay. But if a kuti ox gores a Jew, now understand, this tells you that they're not goyim. Why? Because if they were goyim, it would be nezek shalim. If it was, if they were actual goyim, straight up goyim, then then kutim would have the exact same rules as any Spaniard or any French or any of this, and that is. Potter one directional, the other directional Nezek Shalom. The fact that this directional, it's Chati Nezek and Nezek Shalom means that they're Jews. So how come if a Jew attacks their ox, they don't have to pay? That was a knas, the Chazal made, because we want us to separate from the Kutim, because they were Oved Oved they were Jews, but they were Oved Oved Knas, separate. We're not getting involved. 
And part of the financial penalties levied against them is we're not paying if we hurt your oxen. But if you hurt our oxen, you're still a Jew, and therefore you're obligated to keep the biblical Torah, which is Chatzin Nezek and Nezek Shalom. That's the Tanakhama Shita that they're Jews. Comes Rav Meir, and he says, Rav Meir says that if a, goy, if a kuti ox gores us, Nezek Shalom. Now that sounds mamish like a guy. So right over here, it sounds like Rav Meir holds, Kutim are goyim. Says the Gemara, Lememra, you see from here, the Savra Meir, Kuti Gera Royasin. The Kutim were goyim because their conversion was based on the fear of lions. They're not legitimate Jews at all. They're straight up goyim. Here's the problem that is not Rav Meir Shita. The halacha is we know that Dam Nida is, uh, is Tame by a Jew. Uh, goyim don't keep the laws of Nida. Now, maybe there's rabbinic Tumas, but not biblical Tumas, right? Nida doesn't apply to them. So the Gemara says, Huh? Correct. It's all rabbinically imposed. No, um, their bodies give off tuma biblically through touch, but but yeah, but m- most you know, lememra or mini. Here's the contradiction. If you have a stain, a, a, a mattress that has a stain or a sheet that has a stain with blood, if it comes from the city of Rechem, it's tahar because the majority of the city of Rechem were going. So you could assume it's not damnida. Rav Yehuda Metamer, Rav Yehuda disagrees, he feels he actually felt that the city of Rechem were converts that went off the there. So Machlaik is over the city of Rechem were Jews and It's not related to our discussion. Let's say you have a blood stain that comes from a Goyesha town. Mam straight up Goyim. It's Tahar. It's Tahar. Not a problem. Now, again, because Goyim are, um, this is a rabbinic tumma that they never applied to Goyim. Now, Let's say you have a stain that comes from a Kuti town. Rav Meir Metama. Rav Meir says Tame. Oh, so wait a minute. If Rav Meir feels that the Goyim, what's why, why, why this implies that the Jewish. The Chum hold that it's fine because the Chum feel that uh, that we're not worried about their stains. Now, by the way, the Gemara, for the record, just it sounds like from this, it's a Machalik, the Chum feel that the, the Kutim are Goyim. It's actually not how the Gemara neither understands it. The Gemara neither understands it is that the the Kutim were Jews also, but they were very particular with their stains. So if the stain is found publicly, it's not from them. Okay, fine, but that's Machlegis. But the point is, the kids are a mayor. A mayor says they tell me why, because they're they're Jews. So if they're Jews, why are they paying Nazik Shalom? So the Gemara says, I'm a mayor Kuti So are Kutim Jews or not according to mayor? The answer is I'm Ravavo. The answer is like this: Everyone ag- agrees Kutim are Jews. The Machlegis is. Did we put a tax on them? Meaning, do we punish them? The Tanakhama feels that Kutim are Jews, but we don't want people to mingle with them because they're Ovid of Adizara. So therefore, we put a small knas, and that is that if our animal attacks them, we're not paying. Rameir says, I take it a step further. Rameir says, I believe they're Jewish, but I want to put a bigger knas. And that, and therefore, not only are we not paying them, but if their animal attacks us, they're treating them like a guy. Nezik Shalom. Okay. Meaning, it's a knas to sort of separate each other. Fine. Masa Rav now here's the question. It's an obvious question, obvious answer. The question is like this. You're telling me that Rameir holds that Kutim are Jews, but we put a financial tax on them to, to, to put like a machitza between us. Here's the problem. We know that if a, a man violates a woman, rapes a woman, there's a knas, there's a 50 shekel uh, knas from the Torah. If a man... Rapes a kutis, he has to pay. 
Now the Chiddush of this Mishnah is, although you're not allowed to marry them, right, a Nesina and a Mamzeris, you're not allowed to marry them, still you have to pay a Knas, even though it can't lead to marriage. But what do you see over here? We're Knasing them. Why? Because they're Jews. Wait, wait a minute. If I thought you want to separate us, so shouldn't we make the knas that I don't have to pay for rape? So the Gemara answers, no, 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 no. We will not, we will not incentivize. We will put up knasis, but we're not going to incentivize violence so that because if a guy did an act of violence, he should get rewarded by not having to pay because they're not... The Gemara says, Why am I paying? The answer is, I'm Rabbi, go to the next page. I'm not going to have, it's a Chaitinisgar, meaning, yeah. yes, we don't want them to get money from us, and we don't want to take money from them. We don't want to give money to them because we want to put up a Mechitza. So, how come if a man rapes her, he has to pay? The answer is because he shouldn't get away with rape. So, the Gemara says, Oh, I have one solution. Why don't you do this? He has to pay, but it goes to Tzedakah. So he has to pay, so he gets penalized. It doesn't go to them to put a mechitza. Why don't you do that? You have to give to the charity of your choice. So the, answer, the Gemara says, aniyim. So force him to give it to Aniyim. The answer is, mari I'll tell you why it doesn't work. You can never get the money from him in court. If you, if, you have, if you make someone that you have to give it to the charity of your choice, you know what that also means? No one can ever take him to court because every charity that takes him to court, he'll say, well, you're not the charity of my choice. And therefore, because there's a concern that he won't end up paying, we have to make it that you pay in that direction.